right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the No Laying Up podcast. Sally here across and diagonal from me at the table, Mr. Tron Carter. Buenos dias, Sally. DJ Piehowski is to my left. Hello, how it are you? The three of us, we are uh, surprised, a lot to talk about. You know, we don't do a lot of fall Sunday recaps, a lot of going on in golf. U.S. Women's Open's coming up this week. We had two European tour events. Uh, we had Victor Hovland wins the Mayakoba. We have Angela Stanford winning the LPGA event, which is called the... Volunteers of America. There you go. I knew that definitely. Um, in in her hometown. How about that? Uh, the hometown adjacent. And Fort important, Worth, right? Yeah. 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 Important to note, Callaway staffer, Christian Bezadenhout, he keeps winning so much. Keeps winning. Now I'm learning how to pronounce his first name. <laughs> he got a, That's yet the an, ultimate play better. Yet another win on his home soil, taking home the South African Open. His bag contained... X-Forged Irons, just like your boy. Uh, Mac Daddy Wedges, a Maverick Pro Hybrid, uh, and as well an Odyssey Putter. And if you didn't notice also, Emiliano Grillo was seen using a Toulon San Diego, which is the fastest growing milled putter on tour. I believe that's also in the bag of our very own Trunk Carter. My right-handed bag. Your right-handed bag. So, <laughs> did, did you grab those out of my garage last night? I've, no, I didn't. Okay. Well, you got you to take them. them back. I know. I don't need them. I thought you were squirreling away sets in your when we were in your garage last night. Holly obviously just moved into a new house. I saw just a brand new set of golf clubs. I was like, where the fuck did he get those? <laughs> like they were, they're Tron's, they were Tron's. Tron's right-handed set. He's which, like, yeah, I have, gosh, I haven't thought about those in months. Which my dad borrowed during the wedding, and we left him at the golf course because... <laughs> We forgot to grab him, and Tron doesn't use his right-hand set anymore. So That just, just proves it, right? That does. There you go. There you go. So, all right, where do you guys want to start? Uh, I'd like to give a shout-out to Peter Alice. R.I.P. R.I.P. Without a doubt, my favorite golf commentator. If you're not super familiar, if he was a little bit before your time, even he, he was probably even a little bit before our time, but uh, he's kind of what got me going on the European tour. It was just such a different, refreshing uh, presentation. And he was always so consistently restrained and consistently calm and informative and just great dulcet tones. And uh, he will be missed. I think uh, KVV had some great tweets about Peter Alice and just his style and, and seeing, you know, everybody knows the Vern Lundquist uh, version of the Tiger Chip in, but going and watching the BBC version of of Peter Alice, I mean, he's he's so subdued and so restrained, but it's, it's just so cool how he does it. And KVV was talking about, you know, where they should show this in journalism school, just like continue to be yourself throughout, no matter the situation, no matter how high it gets, how low it gets, any of that stuff. And uh, it's just, yeah, it's, that'll be a, it's a big miss for the world of golf. Big I, loss, I should say, for the world of golf. I think if you grew up uh, p- playing golf and watching golf in the, the area era that we would have as kids, like you, you could be home on a Thursday during the day watching like European tour. Definitely. And like it was on in the golf shops. Mm-hmm. It was on all the time. And like that voice was there at all time, like just soothing, soothing your way through watching coverage. And you, we, I just remember taking it in kind of as a, uh, a as a, it was just a given. It was a known quantity. Like that's what you were getting out of watching golf. And I, I didn't realize that was happening at the time. Um, and it was interesting and weird to reflect on that today. I only went to, when I was working at the tour, I only went to a couple of the World Golf Hall of Fame inductions. But 
his, if you don't know anything about it's Peter Alice, or, or even if you do know a bunch about him, and even if you've seen this before, go back and watch on YouTube his, uh, like his induction speech. It's just truly top shelf stuff. I mean, it's, it's, it's awesome. Like the, like the ultimate class, like the classiest thing I think I've ever seen. And yeah. I mean that without any hyperbole or sarcasm there. It's like just a true class act. Which on that note, you're going to talking about what KVV was saying about like be yourself, blah, blah, blah. This isn't not on our notes for the top of the show, but John Wood is now taking up a job uh, with the golf channel. Yeah. I wanted to just, it was hard to do this with on Twitter without the, just like sounded like, I don't know, sounded like a douche, but wanted to put out a call just like, like this is the dude that should not be trying to impersonate a golf announcer. Yes. Like go. Yeah. I know we talk about this all the time. I know it's your thing, Deej, but like go be a caddy walking the golf course, talking about golf the way you would talk about it. Don't try to do what Davis Love did, like just trying to sound like an announcer. Like go be interesting and go be yourself. You have the reins to do that. Yeah. And by all accounts, an incredibly smart guy, obviously a great caddy. And yeah, I think that I was excited to see that. I think that'll be a good good addition. He quit Kucher's bag to do this, <laughs> which is <laughs> on you know, this was announced Mayakova week, right? Kind of wild. <laughs> Shout out to L2K. Yeah. All right, we got a lot to talk about from Mayakoba. Uh Victor Hovland. Yeah, back-to-back wins for uh, Team Solly in the Fred X Cup. That was, I think, the thing that was on the top of everybody's yeah, right? mind. Very I, I'm, cool. I'm glad you I, I'm sure you guys were getting ready to mention that. But I don't even, Candidly, I don't remember who won last week. Robert Streb? Oh, that's right. God, that it was, feels like it was a month ago. Hurt by the pound, baby. Was that two weeks ago? I don't remember. I, two, I, I, think, no that, idea. I think the tour was off last week. Because that was Thanksgiving last yeah. week, right? Yeah. Okay, I've lost all say? track of time. But uh, two, yeah, back-to-back tour events, I should say, even if it wasn't in consecutive weeks. But... Uh, I think the scoring leaderboard kind of broke on our Fred X Cup. I think I broke it. I think I had a high score. It's I, not I refreshing so anymore. so much money from Scheffler from the Tour Championship. I know, but it didn't even refresh after Streb won, and I'm up by so much that it's probably just like, eh, we're good. I think we're good, good stuff. Congratulations. <laughs> it's nervy rooting for Victor Hovland down the stretch. That was, that was my lead note it's as well. It's got a little bit of speakiness. Like, yes, it was, it was <laughs> delightful. But that's exactly the kind of thing where I'm like, man, on – Sunday of uh, you know Mayakoba, I can. This is a real coin flip. Like I can check in or I can check out. And uh, watching Hovland just be really skittish down the stretch was but sick. It's a, it was it's awesome. a different kind of skittishness where it's like you got top shelf ball striking yeah. and you don't know if he's gonna you know lay the sod over the chip <laughs> or leave a putt you know, or like really blow a putt by because he was blowing most of them yeah. by two or three feet. The, he steps up and birdies the last. Yeah, I always, always love seeing someone birdie the last to win. It was remarkably similar to his first win in February, just like the thick ass Bermuda green, like around the greens, kind of some weather going on. I just remember, it was like, I've, I, he won here last year, right? And it's like, no, 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 that was Puerto <laughs> destination Rico. resort, man. exactly. Uh, like, and a, he breaks the breaks the curse. The curse is so. This is a big topic of conversation. I think maybe uh, the biggest story of the year. We could say one of two things: one, he broke the curse, or two. Check no it out. There is no curse, and Finau just stinks. And I'll, I guess I'll turn it to you to to you tell me. How do you make this an indictment of Finau? Let's keep but going on, on Hovland real quick. Let's go keep, keep on on Hovland. What about all the other people that have won the Puerto Rican Open and have not won again? This is not a Finau thing. This it's is not like you a, work way too hard not, at trying to shoehorn your Finau I, takes into things. Like Solly, I, I, I love you, but <laughs> I don't have to work hard at all. We'll to, get to we'll shoehorn get to it. Too. We'll get to Finau. Let's get. He does it all himself. Pull me back, T. Going back to Hovland, <laughs> he's definitely going to win the Hero World Challenge at some point. Another destination, sure. Yeah. You know, uh, down in the Bahamas. Hopefully, he never wins the Dominican tournament because that's Is there a curse opposite there too? field. Well, it's okay. just an opposite field event. You hope he's never in that. If tournament. he if he loses game, you love him at the Great Exuma Classic. I was going to say, you may you just know, a, a Corn Ferry Tour event. I thought you posed a really really good question earlier. Who had a better year, 
Hovland or Rory? It sounds it sounds ridiculous, but his Puerto Rico Open win was in 2020. I thought you were saying who has a better year next year. No, I'm saying who had a better year. win, a better year this year. Hovland had two. Hovland wins. went from Rory had no like 98th in the world golf ranking to top 25. Like listen, Rory went from two to four. I, who played better golf this year, Rory? Yes. Who got more? Who got more out of it? Probably Hovland with two wins. Yeah. But I just think that's kind of interesting. It is kind of wild, man. Especially when like going back through, we're gonna do some superlatives later in the episode and, and going back through and looking at some people's seasons and stuff. I mean, Rory during that stretch of what was it, four or five tops, you know, top fives in a row was like looking at not unbeatable because he didn't win any of those events, but I mean he looked like it was, oh my gosh, it, it's gonna happen in a big way here. And uh it didn't. It did not. <laughs> but you gotta wonder, you know, with the newfound perspective, how Going into the new year, how much that changes. That's true, things. no doubt, um, no doubt. I mean, Hovland, it's it is legitimately terrifying to watch him ship. Yeah, well, <laughs> and, he's well, so, how do you... and he's so upfront about it too. <laughs> like he, he's just he's so open and honest about it. It's it's awesome. He had a bad chip today, and I wanted to tweet about it, but it was also like the numbers don't. His numbers so far this year around the green are good. So I, I was I didn't know. I'm sure there's like. I was getting ready to get, you know, owned online by the teens that are like, no, he's working with a new chipping coach. He's got it all figured out. So I'd like to think there's, he's improved since February. There's but, scar tissue there. Oh, there has yeah. to you be. You know, yeah. like bottom line, I don't care how good his stats are two or three years in a row even. It'll be, that shit's always in the back of your mind, man. Big, it kind of feels like the Morikawa short putts thing, right? Where it's like, listen, the numbers can can say what they will, but like that thing touched, all, you know, all three sides of the hole on the way down. Kind of a, uh, kind of a vibe. He's Didn't also good, good enough to... Like overcome it too. Yeah. I mean, he's he generational talent. Strike the hell. I think it's just like dudes that strike the hell out of it, but have iffy-ish areas around the greens are going to be nervy as hell to watch. But like, he's going to keep putting himself. He makes so many cuts. He's always like t twenty. He is just always finishing somewhere between t five and t twenty. It seems like he was kind of the forgotten man between Wolf, uh, Morikawa, and yeah. kind of those big three coming out, and then ends up. You know, kind of tying a bow on at the end of the year, and they're all neck and neck for. Yeah, seriously. So Morikawa won three times with a major, and and then uh, Hovland won twice. Wolf won last year, and then Wolf, I guess Morikawa won uh, won last year too. This year, yeah. Uh, and then and then Wolf, uh, Wolf had solo second at the U.S. Open, T two in Vegas, T four at the PGA, and solo second at the Rocket Mortgage in Detroit. Hovland with the uh, longest longest cuts made streak. That's always a fun stat. He is the uh, yeah. I think seventeen, and he had all those rounds in the six, consecutive yeah. rounds in the sixties. He's really really good. I kind of feel like probably unrealistic expectations when I say I was honestly expecting a little more from him over the last year. But it's 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 turning the corner. It's, it appears to be. It's like a slow burn. Yeah. You know, he's just he's, it's like sample size. The bigger the sample size, the more he's going to rise to the top. Do you guys like watching this golf course? No. Just I, so I don't. Wet. But yeah, it just it didn't didn't pop for me. But yeah, I don't know how how much rain they got. I'm gonna be very candid. I didn't follow it most of the week, so I only watched today. So I don't know if it got drenched in rain or it certainly looked very soft. But I'll be honest, not my not my cup of tea. But I, I watched more of the LPGA this week. I thought, like I love watching a cold tournament. It's windy. The conditions are are out there. You're seeing people grinding. I think there's some good holes out there. Like the that closing stretch, 15, 16, 17. There's some good holes there. Um, but yeah, most of the holes kind of run together for me. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's just nothing they can really actually do about it, but watching balls just literally not even bounce when coming in with wedges on the green is like, 
that's not fun. <laughs> yeah. That is not fun. I mean, they had standing water in some yeah. of those bunkers. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like, that's not their, you know, the fault of any conditioning. It's like it, the end of their rainy season or something down there anyways. So The only thing I'll say is, I, I mean, there was trouble off the tee, which, you know, I know that's not really the width and angles life, but when you're watching tour golf, it's kind of, it's fun to see guys hit it in hazards off the tee. Except, you know? except when it's the Shalom. Except when it's Adam Long coming down the stretch. But yeah. Uh, one. Mostly when it was Finau kind of hitting those <laughs> irons out into the shit. But. See, you're exposing yourself as just like selective reasoning For sure. of... It's not even sporting at this point. No, yeah. You're dirty. You play the game very, very dirty. It seems like it does test a different set of skills. A lot like, like, and maybe the stats back this up, maybe they don't. I haven't really looked at them. But just by the eye, seeing like this and um, Sea Island. They look like they yeah. kind of, you know, there's there's less trouble off the tee at Sea Island, but there's, you know, it just seems like it brings brings the field closer together. Mm -hmm. This this course is always like the the weirdest outlier on data golf for like the importance of driving accuracy way more than any other course really on tour. Um, and to answer the question, it's most similar uh, to Sedgefield Country Club. I can see that. Yeah, yeah. which so. is a actually a width and angles course. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, do you want to do Aaron Wise? I don't really have a whole lot to say. I than... have, I don't have a fucking thing to say about Aaron Wise. <laughs> like he does positive not, or not, negative, nothing yeah. against yeah. him. He does yeah. nothing for me. Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. I just think back to <laughs> like, a, he kind of went through a little weird Instagram phase where he was like in the gym a lot, and I, he had this like selfie of him in the gym. It's like. When anyone's been ask, is asking what I've been up to, I've been right here putting on 25 pounds. Hashtag love being an athlete. And yeah, I was like, ah, okay, yeah, I don't really think we're on the same wavelength here, bud. But, uh, um, he can go crazy low. That's that's about the only thing I could say. Just looking, you know, shooting 63 today. He strikes me as one of those guys that you kind of turn around. It's like, oh, fuck, he shot 61? He shot 64? Like, man, I haven't thought about that guy in eight months. When it is time to go low, we can we please talk about the schlong? I feel like I've watched him do this 28 different times on the PGA Tour. He in the has last, like, like, 12 months. <laughs> right? He just, whenever the scoring condition is like, hey, take it as deep as possible, Adam Long is there. 63, 60, 70, 67, 63, 67. He's turning into a premier ball striker. Yeah. He I don't won, know what to tell you. American Express at, what, 25 yeah. or 26 under? 58 under. under. Yeah. yeah. And then was, yeah, second here last year. And the birdie he made on 16 today was really, really, really good. When he, yeah, I guess when it's soft or, or I'm not sure exactly what it is, but he can go get it and fill it up with birdies. So we can't. Long's moving up. He's uh, yeah. up to, he was 75 in the world coming into this week. So hopefully there's some decent points. He's up on inside that. the top 25 in the FedEx Cup, which, which is pretty tough to which mess that up in the spring. It's one of those things that, you know, on December 6th, you, you use as a, uh, a, a thing to bolster the case of the guys you like and you forget about it for the guys that you no, don't but, like. But. but the guys, like like talking to Maddie and some of the guys that kind of play in the game within the game, like I saw Cam at uh, Bold Bean this morning and he was saying the same thing. And it was like, there's a big emphasis placed more and more because the stats bear it out where if you get off to a good start in the fall, your chances of making it at least to BMW yeah. are like triple. Yeah. yeah, the tour always always rolls those stats out and I always kind of forget how important they are. Just... Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you. Cosine. Does anyone stop Cameron Smith at Bull Bean? Does anybody? Oh, Cam looks like a damn like mountaineering guy. Trying to think, he literally finished runner-up at the Masters last month. Like, <laughs> imagine the difference between DJ going to a coffee shop and Cameron Smith going to a coffee shop. That just makes me laugh. Uh, Adam Long is up to 62nd in the world, courtesy of uh, VC 606. Notably, Ricky Fowler dropping to 52nd. 
So we can talk about that Guys, later. I, I, you want to do Finau? Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. DJ, go off. Well, go off, King. <laughs> there's there's not much to go off about. Sally, I know it's, you know, unfortunately this was the last uh, PJ Tour event of, of 2020. I don't think he's going to get to those three wins that, that you predicted. Uh, not what happened. No. No. It what? Was I thought two, it, was, it was two wins. I think it was three. And we extended it through the West Coast Swing. Yeah. Okay. So well, he's kind of went twice. I also <laughs> don't think he's going to get there, but... Listen, at least keep the facts. The I mean, facts. it was right on script. It, it was. And that's where, you know, I already know where, what your comeback is going to be, which is, oh, well, you're going to punish him for, for making a bunch of birdies. But I mean, it's the same thing every time, man. It's like, and, and I, I look no further than someone like Aaron Wise. And I know, dude, it's, it's hard to go low, hard to win golf tournaments. But like, there are people who, who go out there and go low, get up around the lead, and they keep going low. And he does not seem to be that guy, man. Every time he gets up there, every time he's within one, every time he's leading, it's just, it was today, you know, just like really bad mistakes. I will say, timestamp on this, this is on our WhatsApp thread, timestamp, 2.06 p.m. Eastern time, DJ Fihowski sends through, Finau T2, not good. <laughs> then Randy says, trust the process. <laughs> And then sure enough, Finau shortly thereafter hits it in the water on eight on the par three and on ten or on ten, yeah, on ten. Yeah. Then then, then, hits, then it, hits it again in, in, in the, the shit in the on eleven and gets a free drop somehow. It was just disgusting. I think you. I think you think that I'm expecting him to win these. Like I don't. I'm not. I was not expecting him to win. I never thought he was going to win today. I, this all goes back to waste management when. Webb Simpson went and like ran him down and stole it from him. Yes. There's two different categories of like getting screwed out of wins. I guess not two different categories of not winning tournaments. There's somebody comes up and takes it from you when you've played probably good enough to win. And there's the non-competitive top five. Finals had plenty of those, but he's also had plenty of Sundays where he's not executed. Like I'm not denying that it's at all. This is definitely not, not executed. It's not even not executing. Like he, he shot 67 today. Great round of Which ago. is about the par. Yeah. Uh. He just doesn't. Like at no point does he inspire any confidence like, whatsoever. That that's the thing for me. Is it just it, that's where I think it started? Was you know like wow, this guy's so good. Oh my gosh, he's so good. He's so good. He's so good. And it's like man, I don't ever remember being on the sixteenth, seventeenth, eighteenth hole when it's like, oh, Finau's really got a great chance to win here. Just never, it never seems like that pops up. And and of course, I will play off at the waste management. I'll give you waste management yeah. for sure. But like, dude, there's been. A hundred other golf tournaments, and it's just it just hasn't happened. I don't get it. I don't know why. I'm trying to find uh, so his um, win probability today, the highest it ever got was 27, percent which is pretty high for how many guys were in the mix today. It is. I mean, that's like not 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 the favorite, but probably the number it two best odds. No offense to time. anyone, it wasn't a murderer's row up there, and it's just. I mean. It just never feels like there's a chance. Anyways, listen, we don't need to kick him while he's down. Seems like a great guy. By all accounts, a great guy. I just, it continues to blow me away that that this guy just like doesn't win. What would you suggest that uh, he do differently? <laughs> <laughs> win. I don't know what to tell you. Well, how do you get there though? That's results based. You want you want to talk about process? Are you are you leading me into like an ad break? We can or talk something? about process. Oh, okay. What have oh, you been doing? Would, for... Yeah. Well, if it was me, I mean, I'd get up early in the mornings. I'd go to Jack's Beach Golf Range. I'd work on my golf blueprint stuff. There it Maybe is. Maybe he needs to talk to to Kevin and Nico. What is golf blueprint? 
It's a uh, customized practice plan that that uh, Kevin Moore and Nico Doris put together. A couple very very smart j- young gentlemen, Doctor Doctor Kevin, Kevin Moore, and uh, soon to be Doctor Nico oh, Doris. Yeah. Just a couple of smart dudes, uh, good players in their own right, who uh, have a practice plan company. I think that's safe, to, that safe to say. It. They got an algorithm uses decades of research on learning theory, predictive analytics, and golf data to create a one of a kind improvement plan tailored to your game. We both posted this on our Instagram, got just more messages than we ever usually get. It was a true Instagram influencer. <laughs> yeah. Many of you have been asking a me. Lot of, <laughs> a lot of you have been asking me about how I've improved my wedges. <laughs> the stats, Nobody, DJ. <laughs> the stats are jarring. They're seeing average improvement of 2.7 strokes in three months, and several of the higher handicapped golfers have improved by five to six shots. Golf Blueprint is for all players of all levels. Uh, they got full membership package running the gamut. You can go to golfblueprint.com slash our members to f- find out more of that or golfblueprint.com slash join. They got an attack 2021 special right now, 15% off a four month membership that carries you into the spring. Then the winter members get first options at spring, summer, and fall memberships. So golfblueprint.com slash join to check it out. And you got called out too in the copy that you need to get on the practice. I was going to say, I've heard Nico wants to get his hands on me yeah. and, and, and really. Uh, Neil is involved yeah. now. I, I would welcome you guys. Me and Neil are doing uh, Tuesdays and Thursdays. Uh, we About 7, 7.30 a.m. out at the Jack's Beach. Uh, Absolutely not. Jack's Beach Ranch. <laughs> all, all are welcome. So, uh, you know, Solly, of course, that extend that to you as well. Randy, if you're listening, which I know you're not, uh, you're, you're welcome as well. Speaking of the process, Scotty Scheffler, that was a, a testament to the process. The podcast. The entire podcast. It was great. Yeah. Great interview. Yeah. he's. I loved hearing him. He kept saying that. Yeah, just it was all about the process. He's a top 10 player in the world, and he, and he has been for the last, like, 14 months. I think opinion. we may get to that in superlatives maybe a little bit later okay. here. But um, I think going back to the tournament today, I want to call out Tom Hoagie. Mm-hmm. He... He, hoagies and grinding. He shit the bed a little bit. I, like he, he just couldn't. He was missing fairways. He, he should have. He was in the driver's seat. You know, midway through, like kind of early on there. Uh, Tom Hoagie has got to be like tailor made. Like, dude, if you actually knew this guy, you'd love him. And he's a great dude, probably. And I, been, I just want to say, I know nothing about. He's like him. a North Dakota guy, I think. Right? But or also, something. just does nothing for me. Like that. Again, one of those things. I'm sure if he'd be a delightful guy to get to know, but just I think currently Ke- I think does Kevin nothing Price for me. Loves him. Okay, everybody. Yeah, that's an endorsement. I've yeah. truly never heard never heard anything bad. Feels a little bit like uh, one of the you know when you're when you're like simulating a uh, a round of golf on the video games and there's just a bunch of names on the leaderboard. He he seems like one of those. Guys. It's like him and Bo Hogue. Sure. Well, Bo Hogue's on my friend. They might be the same no person. Relation. No yeah. relation. <laughs> Harris English absolutely flushing Continues the ball. Continues to flush it. Final round 63. 66 uh, 63. Great round. Fireworks back nine from yeah. William Ho. Oh, yeah. Salute. Saluting William Ho. Uh, Max Homa finished with five straight birdies on Saturday and then opened birding five of his first six uh, today. Made a, made a run. He tweeted afterwards that uh, he had, he touched the sun. So, and he called it hashtag Icarito. Um, Max going from 176 in the FedEx Cup to 117. Huge, huge, big massive. Move. Currently projected to to make it to uh, <laughs> the Northern Trust. <laughs> Is it? I thought it's top 100. No, no it's, first one's it's top 125. No, it's, top, it's top 125 and then top 70. That's right. Yeah. Uh, Lucas Glover, 66-66 on the weekend. Always fun to see him. 66-66 <laughs> on the weekend without winning. Is yeah. Mackenzie Hughes. It's Mackenzie Granted, Hughes. it was... It was more like a 70-70. Polar opposite of Mackenzie Hughes' firm 66-66 at the Honda. I feel like kind of an obligatory shout-out to Steve Stricker going and posting 13-under in a PJ Tour event. His wife on the bag. That was pretty cool. Carlos Ortiz, 
home home turf. He's he's up to sixth in the FedEx Cup. He's he's on a roll right now. Anyone seen uh, Carlos Ortiz and Esteban Ocon in the same plot, <laughs> same spot? <laughs> That's I was really thinking good. Thinking about that during F1 today. Well, one quick thing on Hovland, uh, they breeze by. He bought a house in Stillwater. Like that's where he's like setting up shop. Like I know he lived there, but I didn't know he was like no, no. I live live in Stillwater. One of the underrated things. Uh, I know we have this in our superlatives, but this isn't mine. But one of the underrated things you probably forgot about throughout the year was Hovland road tripping to all those those <laughs> first right. like post quarantine events. Yeah. Just like blasting music and driving, you know, eight nine hours to these different tournaments. That was. That was endearing. God, I, I want to get to know that guy. Better. I want to go have a lot of beers with him. <laughs> he seems like a, a true legend. Uh, Stoned Rory, I believe you refer to him. <laughs> he looks like great. Stoned Rory. Another yeah. guy that I want to hang out with at some point, like he just seems like a really, really cool guy. Andy Ogletree? No. <laughs> uh, Emiliano Grillo. Yeah. And I, I, I root for him down the stretch, and it's so painful to watch him because he's he's always like proximity to the hole, and it just lives and dies by his putter, and his putter gets so cold that it's not even funny. He had a good putting week this week. Until um, today. overall, yeah, yeah, until today. Um, but yeah, he, he's his putting stats overall are over par today. Great, but tough scene. Um, Brendan Todd, another another top ten. And you want to? I, I see here some shout outs to some of the young guys. Austin Eckrode, who yeah. an amateur finished. What did he finish at? He was T twelve. T twelve. fourteen. Shot 67, 65 on the weekend. Interesting story. I, I've kind of fallen out of following much of the college golf stuff since you know that's the way of the world, but. Uh, I didn't realize, you know, he's on the same team as Wolf and Hovland and those guys was thinking about turning pro and then ended up staying at school with in these COVID times, uh, <laughs> partially because of the whole PJ Tour University the U. thing. The U. So uh, kind of a direct impact on, you know, the world of amateur and professional golf right under our noses there. I thought that was an interesting thing. The tour had a good write up about him on their website. Yeah. Uh, Akshay had a couple good rounds and then followed it up with a really shitty weekend. So, but it seems like he's making progress. I mean, yeah, he's 18, yeah, right? Exactly. Uh, like, uh, <laughs> right? He Monday qualified and then was in the top 10 after two rounds. Finished T52. Um, again, as a, what, uh, we can say this for four years running now. Should be in college. Should be in college. Uh, People forget that. Should but be a freshman in college. Wanna, right? Yeah, want to preach a lot of, lot of patience on that yeah. uh, experiment. If he, if he emerges four years from now, having made, you know, a bunch of millions of dollars playing golf and has a lot of experience and goes on to have a nice career, I'd say, Say this was a smart decision. A lot of people, you can say this every week. A lot of people talking, you could have learned, you know, there's a lot to learn outside of golf going to college, but this is a decision he made a long, long time ago, and I'm very fascinated to see how it's going to play out. You know what I hashtag would watch is a documentary just following that guy over the next 12 months. You know what I mean? 18-year-old kid that turned pro, really like no status whatsoever, right? And just kind of traveling around, trying to Monday into everything, basically, you know, just has all the game in the world by all accounts, but he's still trying to figure it all out. I think that would be that would be fascinating. I listen, I, like I'm not gonna do it, but uh and on the that would be a lot of work to follow him along for 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 a whole year, but uh I think that would be a fascinating story. On the opposite end of the spectrum, you had uh, uh Andy Ogletree. The, the uh, yeah. aforementioned Andy Ogletree making his pro debut this week. I just wanted to say on well. Akshay, like what I've always loved about him is he has very much has like the have clubs will travel. Yeah. It's like mm-hmm. he is it, totally. a as an amateur in high school, even though he wasn't really even going to high school, uh, just showing up at Monday qualifiers for Corn Ferry, like not afraid to put himself out there. He seems so. like he truly, he's like a golf nut too, yeah. which doesn't always seem to be the case with the guys that turn pro early. It's, it seems like it's more out of necessity. So, 
Yeah, Ogletree finished in the, in the top 50. This um, was his pro debut, is that right? Correct. Correct. Shout out to, uh, I always, one of my favorite things about Mike Hope is they have that plaque on the first tee about John Rahm. Saying that this is where John Rom struck his first tee shot as a professional. <laughs> Did they really? Like, yeah, uh, Bama Bearcat, I think. Hall tweeted, of Famer John Rom tweeted that out. But that is uh, that's that's one of the truly one of the more questionable plaques out there. It always makes me laugh. So maybe uh, they'll have maybe they'll they'll put one side by side for uh, Andy Ogletree. Other guy who had a really good week, uh, or another made cut, I should say, not a, not a great week, but another made cut. Doug Gim mm-hmm. keeps just plugging right along. He's had. Uh, Four top twenty fives hmm. in the fall. Shout out to Doug Gibbs' dad. And his also. dad is the, the true one alpha. of our one of our hitters. <laughs> yeah, I don't um, think he knows that, yeah. but we're, we're huge fans. <laughs> I believe you want to give a shout out on to European tour. I guess we we talked about Bazaden Hope, but do you want to have the discussion on whether? Yeah, I just wanted to ask yeah. you. I mean, you know, it's, it's it's not so much a shout out as like this was his third win of the year, and and it was the second tier European <laughs> tour. It was like the opposite field European tour event this week. I mean, it's is, better is, than not winning. Is there any sort of manipulation <laughs> going on? Of course. <laughs> like, I wouldn't say it's manipulation. I don't think he's going out of his way to manipulate the official world he's golf rankings. Listening. He's just beating the people who show up, man. For sure. I mean, he's just getting too many points for beating them. That would be my answer to that. Okay. That's, but, yeah, w- w- take us through the, the race to Dubai uh, a standing. It's, it's <laughs> actually kind of fascinating. I, like, I'm going to watch the shit out of the Dubai, whatever, the DP Dubai Classic or World Championship or whatever this week. Uh, you've got Patrick Reed leading. And and all these guys are in the field. So you got Reed, uh, Morikawa, Fleetwood, uh, Westwood, and Bazadenhout. And then um, Victor Perez is playing too. I think he's sixth or seventh. You've got all these guys in the mix, and it's going to be a pretty interesting. Should be some really really good early morning golf on. And I want to be clear: Bazadenhout has had you know solid finishes on the PGA Tour. I mean, he's 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 a obviously incredibly good golf. He just might be the new Norin. He, he's, he's like on. Wow. <laughs> the new normal, the, the new Norin. Wow. Um, I mean, he got he got thirty two points for winning the Alfred Dunhill Championship, and then nineteen for winning the South African Open. He's a lot. He's a lot younger than Norin, though, right? Than Norin was at the at the time. Yes, yes. At the time so. of his manipulation. He's got in, uh, yeah, Hood is twenty six. Yeah. So yeah, great story. I'm I'm a huge fan. So. Uh, you want to tell us a little bit about LPGA TC? I didn't, uh, really didn't get to watch much. Yeah, so it was just cold as shit in the in the Plex this week. <laughs> uh, Angela Stanford won, shot like four or five under today. One of the best, like, by far, like the best yeah. round of the day. Like not even close. Really, really good leaderboard for a while too. And um, Angela Stanford's impressive, man. 40, just, 43 years old, been out there, been doing it forever. Just I think this is what her eighth win, something eighth like that. Eighth win over. First, first one was 17 years ago. Yeah, unbelievable. So, you don't fan, really see that on the LPGA. No, tour. in in, in yeah. this, you know, as as always, we would recommend following Beth Ann Nichols, who does the. But Randy and I are going to do a podcast with her. This but week. There you go. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was she was I believe she was there covering it or covering yeah. it from afar, but uh, always has great wrap ups, great everything. So I was reading her stuff, and that was the first time she's won with both of her parents in attendance. Oh yeah, her mom's a breast cancer survivor, I believe. So. Uh, an emotional day, I'm sure, for her. But yeah, just she's she's she, one of those she people went to that TCU. She's from Fort Worth. This was over in Dallas. Yeah, yeah, and just like a when everything you look at in women's golf is, oh my gosh, this girl's 17, this girl's 21, this girl's 20, yada yada yada. Like just freakishly talented at young ages. It's cool to see a uh, you know kind of a Steve Stricker type out there, just kind of still still doing it. It was great. 
Yeah, and it, it, like we mentioned, it, TC and Randy are actually heading to the U.S. Women's Open this week, and we're going to have some preview content coming from that, and uh, full we're, full recap uh, next weekend as well. So very excited. Yeah, it was good to see Soyeon Ru, MB Park, Jin Young Ko, Charlie Hole. They were all 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 the studs were playing well this week. Madeline Sagstrom uh, finished tenth. Didn't play great today, but. Good to see a top 10 from her. She's a friend of the program. And it's also, you know, something we've been clamoring for, you know, it, just the way it's worked out. Like, they have the scene to themselves this yeah. week. Yeah. You know, they are they have the U.S. Women's Open. No opposite, you know, PGA Tour event. There's, um, the, there's, the, there's the QBE shootout. Of course. Oh, that's don't, right. Don't watch that. <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> yeah, do we have to pretend to care about Tiger and Charlie Woods for this one? Does this no, count? No, that's not this week. Oh, sorry. This is different. That, this that, is that's like the, the PNC father son. Sorry. The artist formerly known as the Shark Shootout. Yeah, gotcha. down in Naples. If they win that, is that going to be this? Shout out to that picture of Greg Norman that was going around. <laughs> <laughs> now you've all got that in your head. The uh, is that Tiger's? Is he breaking the Sam, Sam Snead's record? Like some of Sam Snead's I was wins say. were like the father son <laughs> challenge. Probably a stronger <laughs> field than some of Sam Snead's wins. <laughs> that could be interesting. All right. Well, this is kind of the end of somewhat the end of PJ Tour golf for 2020. Are we ready to do some uh, superlatives? PJ Tour superlatives. Before we tie a bow on it, did it feel like technically the, mine are not all PJ Tour superlatives? By the way, it, oh okay, it golf felt, superlatives. It okay. felt like the the reach around season was even more confusing, just kind of juiceless than normal. Like everything after the Masters was kind of like, oh my god, like, and what I, are we doing? I think Even a lot Masters of lost some yeah, juice. Yeah. I think a lot of that's just the majors being kind of like a lightning rod for all the all the energy, you know. Otherwise, I think that. In the past, I feel like I remember us being on the podcast saying, oh, the fall's got a lot of juice and you can check in when you want, you can check out when you want, and you can really, you know, when young guys are playing well, it's really cool. Get some of the Asian events going. Yeah, but I think this year it was kind of, you know, being in the proximity with such good events, it was it was kind of hard to get up for but my Mayakobas so and Vegases. I bring that up, um, just kind of piggybacking on what you guys talked about, I don't know if it was last week or two weeks ago, uh, just with all the... the "Quote unquote strategic alliance," them trying to get the some of the best players from the PGA Tour to play over you know overseas on right. the European Tour, and I would imagine it's it's going to be that British or that Something's Scottish Irish stretch, and then this time of the year too. Right. So does that mean that more guys are taking more time off in the middle of the year and then playing more this time of the year? It's a good question. It, it, having way more events in the fall now, like there's 12 events, and when it was six, I think it was easier to kind of be like, all right, uh, I, this is the start of the season. I'm, I'll dial in for these six weeks a little more than I was able to for like 12 weeks. Yeah. Uh, but really, in reality, the new schedule just trades – you know, season-ending events that were going off of football yeah. for, like, now season-beginning events are going opposite football. And it's, like, super clear to see just how many people are tuned into these things, judging by social media, that it's just not really there. But, I mean, yeah, that's their their mission is to have as many of these tournaments and as many playing opportunities as possible, even if the fans don't ask for it. So, Also, we've got a changing of the guard on the uh... – on the on the rules official side, mm-hmm. Mark Russell and Slugger White both uh, retiring. Is that at the end of this year? Or end of next year? End of twenty twenty. End of twenty twenty. But really? they're going to moonlight a little bit in twenty twenty one. So this was it. This was the just last to dance. make sure that the shout out or the uh, transition <laughs> shout out to Kevin Benjamin is still uh, you know is is smooth and everything. But yeah, this was this was it. A smooth transition of power. Yeah. 
Um, well, shout out, of course, to those guys. Couldn't have been bigger gentlemen. Oh, uh, and you know, hopefully they've they've set up college funds in, in their honor for the, <laughs> for all these guys' kids. Those guys are both sweet, by the way. Like they're I'm listen, sure they I, I know they've turned into like caricatures with slow play stuff and the gentleman stuff and all of that, but. I, that's a long, illustrious career. And, they and seem like super nice guys yeah. that you would want to go get a beer with, but also like, are, like, are they the most objective? You know, like when when you become a caricature of yourself, is that is that a good thing? That's that's a fair question. I did see for anyone who's interested, I can verify whether this is still the case, but I did see Mark Russell was on cameo. Also, uh, he could be transitioning to the next phase of his career, which was truly one of the most jarring, jarring. How much things is he I've charging? Not, not a lot. It was like 20 bucks. I thought about firing one up. Maybe I, maybe I will. <laughs> hey, guys, have a great pod. <laughs> Mark Russell here. That, ball is, that pod is now in play. So this is what we've come up with for superlatives. Done a bit of homework. Admittedly, not a ton of homework on this one, but you know, came up with things that came to mind for myself, at least. Mark Russell is still on here for 30 bucks. Okay. If anyone's looking for a cameo. Well, you just fired up tonight. Mark yeah. Russell. Yeah, I'll fire something up. Uh, we're, uh, we've got shot of the year, the best event of the year, uh, the worst shot of the year, the favorite incident that you probably forgot about. Uh, the biggest disappointment slash forgotten man, uh, heartstrings moment of the year, person of the year, sleeping giant, burning question heading into 2021, and event I want to attend next year award. So why don't we, uh, TC, why don't you start us off with what? what is your shot of the year in golf? Gosh, could go a lot of different directions <laughs> with us, guys. We could talk about could go We are going to keep you could to go with this. DJ's shot, you know, second shot into two at, on Augusta on Saturday. All right, that's your answer. No, hold on. That's potentially the best shot of all time, but I don't think it was the best <laughs> shot of 2020, especially from that lie. Uh, we could talk about his birdie putt on three on Sunday. We could talk about his third into eight on Saturday. We could talk about his second into nine on Sunday. <laughs> Uh, his his birdie putt on 13 on Sunday, his second shot into 14 on Sunday, his third into 15 on Sunday. We can talk oh. about Bramlett's, uh, Joseph Bramlett's albatross on the oh 72nd gosh, hole uh, at, at the, the King and the King Bear. Bear. <laughs> For the love of golf. Uh, the only golf course in the world co-designed by Jack Nicklaus <laughs> and Arnold Palmer. We could talk about, for me, right, for me it's, it's, a, it's a two-horse race. Morikawa's shot on 16 at Harding Park. And Streber shot in the playoff at RSM mm. a couple weeks ago. Mm. Mm. Those are those are two good ones. What do you got? I'm just going to make up for lost time that we just had there and say <laughs> my answer was Morikawa's shot on 16 at Harding Park. But like the runner-up might have been his tee shot on 14 at the workday. Totally. Threading yeah. an eight-yard gap uh, with driver. I about that one. Yeah. Both of those shots were like two of the ones that maybe moved to the edge of my seat uh, the most in 2020. Uh, fun. You know, I was going through a lot of highlights while preparing for this. Uh, the like highlights package, like the PJ Tour highlights package, final round highlights, didn't include that shot <laughs> by Marcalo, which, really? which was surprising. You had to go do a different video to find that, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, I, of course, figured you guys would, would pick uh, Morikawa at the PGA. I would agree with that, but I'll, I'll, go, I'll throw out a different one. Uh, Medalist Golf Club, the par five seventh hole, uh, Tom Brady holing out. <laughs> From the fairway, from just over 100 yards, uh, his mic pack swings off. He like looks like it maybe hits him in the schwanz. Uh, ripped his pants. Hadn't done anything, and then he bends over to get the ball out of the hole and rips his pants. <laughs> it was just just a really like honestly maybe maybe not even best shot, just maybe the best you know three minutes of golf television. Rom getting no love for the putt. Uh, that was uh, it's going to get a mention you, for something I have later. Okay. On. I mean, Rom yeah. could have been on there for the putt. He could have been on there for the the chip at Memorial. Yeah, the I bogey mean, chip. The bogey chip. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> the monkey meme that he they got after hearing his ball moved. Uh, DJ, what was the best event of the year? 
Well, I, I mentioned I was going through the highlights earlier, but I'm gonna I'm gonna say workday. I don't think any event got me got me more fired up than that. Down the stretch, uh, you had you got to see the golf course in a different way. I mean, it's a golf course we've seen eight thousand times, but it was really cool to see the setup a little different. Obviously, fourteen was moved up. That that made for a fairly dramatic uh, final round. Got to see Morikawa. Got to see Hovland. Got to see JT. I mean, it was just uh, awesome. And then obviously the back and forth on on the final hole in regulation with the the two putts going in. And it, it was just insanely good stuff. The irony of that also, you know, that I, I had two for this one, but that, that one only being streamed online for the final round. Yes. How about that? <laughs> Easy to forget that that totally. happened. Uh, but not that for was, me. I was dry. I think I was driving home from strapped Peoria, like driving back to Florida. And uh, the only way I could watch it was on my phone, which was actually a good, uh, <laughs> so I was not really taking the pledge that day, but it was a, uh, you know, much needed time to to have the phone going. TC event of the year. Uh mine's a uh, a stretch of events, of course. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the, the stretch. We need a buzzer. For Does this, it have to like, be from this year? The, <laughs> technically, it was the '86 match. The, the Grupo Salinas event with uh, Pat Reed beating Bryson. P. Yeah, P beating Bryson <laughs> into Honda. Of course, you had Sung Jay. Mackenzie Hughes shooting 66, 66, <laughs> and then Bay Hill the week after. Like it was, that was that was an proper awesome golf stretch. Yeah. Year. And like the the condi- it was so firm, and it was finally like the conditions cooperated where it made it you know windy and greens got dried out, and it seemed like the tour tried a little bit to make things harder and just a little bit different presentation, and people were raving. So I hope they remember that and think back on that and and you know kind of make it kind of a, a emphasis here moving forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I mean, I'd like to see the golf courses, not just like week of tournament setup, but like the only thing about Bay Hill playing super fast and firm, it's like they don't have entry points to those greens. So there's just like no sick. It's sick, <laughs> but like, I'd love to see a Basically, golf course. You're just going to miss the green. Yes. I'd love to see a golf course kind of play that way where you have other routes to it. I'm not saying redesign Bay Hill. They should redesign Bay Hill, but like that's not maybe the most realistic. Bay Hill is going to be interesting to see, like over the next yeah four, five, six years to see. You know, I mean, Mastercard's yeah. kind of propping that event up, and you know, like there, it would be a black mark on the tour for for something to go away from that. But at some point, like place is kind of tired, and they're not really putting any new money into it or anything yeah. like that. It's, it's going to be going to be awkward. I think prime for a facelift. One, the only one that didn't get mentioned, or the one that I want to mention here, is the BMW. Rom and DJ's putts, like the firm and fast conditions mm-hmm. of those greens, and what like four under got into the playoff or something like that. And I think like going back to like Leash battling Rom at Tory. Yeah. I mean Leash couldn't get the ball off the tee and like scrambling <laughs> his tick off all day, but like Rom was heavily involved. Yeah. all year. I would give an honorable mention to Colonial as well. Yeah, I thought that was really cool. First event back, and Daniel Berger playing well. Bryson doing. Bryson things and blown over all the corners and that was really fun. I kind of forgot how well Daniel Berger, yeah. like that stretch yeah. that he had there. And feel free to roll your eyes that we just named two of our sponsors tournaments, but I, <laughs> I can definitively say that that was not the reason uh, why they were named. But well, that was so. It was so. I would also say was the so NIT much, was really yeah. good as well. <laughs> there was so much pent up. Like everybody wanted to watch yeah. golf. Yeah, for, sports. For, everyone wanted to watch club, live sports. Yeah. yeah, worst shot of the year. I didn't think this was sporting. I, I'm, I'm not going <laughs> to participate, guys. I'm, this I'm, guy I'm, just made like. I'll give you one back. They give. They made ten million dollars playing golf. No, we can right, make fun so of some bad mine shots. Mine was. They hit. Mine was kind of favorite incident that you probably forgot about and like worst shot. They both kind of tied together. It was Mickelson saying, "This one's for you." <laughs> <laughs> and then and blowing it into the yeah, shit on the left. Yeah. 
That's really good. I had uh, I had a couple. He changed it in the second one to "This is for you, Neil, the, the CEO of Workday." Uh, I kind of the first thing that sprung to mind was just JT's entire whole eighteen on uh, at Kapalua. I, I remember yeah. that being like really bad, but went back and watched it. it wasn't quite as bad as as I thought. So I'll give it to uh, Bryson at the memorial. Just continually pumping the same shot out of bounds over and over and over uh, and then getting into the rules fiasco and I'm sure that's not gonna be the first the last time we talk about Bryson but that was uh that that would probably be mine it most definitely won't I felt uh, like uh Ryan Palmer also deserved a uh, honorable mention for oh I, I, for, but I forget which hole it was Sony 18, was it, yeah was it 18 or 17 or no 17 is a part three 18 he hit it over yeah. the scoreboard yes. and didn't hit a provisional for, right and then like held up the group behind yes, them yes, and yes, yes. Somebody tweeted, I'm like, oh, yeah. It's so, like, it's bad sporting of you, you know, to Wasn't Brendan not hit a provisional. Yeah. yeah. To not hit a provisional. And then he said, I didn't hit their shots and used the wrong there. <laughs> Basically, yeah. It was not good. It was not a good sequence. So, honorable mention for him, too. There you I go. also want to, I forgot to bring this up earlier. JT had his worst uh, body language today, which I always love. That's always oh, he's, so, got a, he's got a much higher gear than that. So fun to he's watch. He's got a way higher gear. He's just sulking all day. Worst shot of the year. I got two of them, uh, but both from the same guy. John Rom's shank on the 18th hole at the Zozo was <laughs> special. It was amazing. Uh, it went so far right. But also, he then like followed it up a couple weeks later with his top on the 8th hole at the Masters. Oh, that's great, too. So... Um, you know, if we're going to give you a shout out for your chip in and uh, for the BMW championship, we got it. We got a roast. I think honorable mention DJ's shot on two on the final round at the Masters, where he just dumped it in the bunker. Was like it wasn't even yeah. remotely close. And that was a super hard shot, but it was so jarring. Be like, fuck, man. I, don't I thought want, you were talking about me. At I first. don't want it to be like God, that. God, which one are you going to pick? <laughs> All right. Favorite incident that you probably forgot about? It's a tough category, right? Because some of them might be. You've, Nobody forgot about that. Right. And and so this is what I'll say is, you know, I'm going to I'm going to build this category for basically the people who aren't just extremely online, you know, who aren't just constantly seeing references to these things over and over and over. Yet you are tuning into a golf podcast in December. Of so. course. Yeah, that's true too. <laughs> well, I think the idea is maybe we're we have to be online so that, you know, yeah. we, we die so that they can all live. Quick honorable mention to Brooks tweeting the Kenny Powers gif uh, about Bryson. I forgot about that. Possibly being on steroids. That was great. I doubt that many people forgot about this, but it, for me, it's got to be the, the Chainsmokers yes, concert. Yes, that was my number one. Right? It's got to be the Chainsmokers concert. I know it's referenced all the time on Twitter and stuff, but... It's unbelievable that that happened, uh, looking back. So I, I, I had, this was my longest paragraph that I wrote in my notes was all, all about this, and it, it would be extremely impossible for me to ever explain to somebody who's not super, super online or wasn't super online that week, just what that night felt like on Twitter. When the NBA, <laughs> you had that the player, like the video, the player coming out with the, oh, you know. Uh, Rudy Gobert. Yeah, with the touching everybody's mics and oh then he tests God, positive. The NBA cancels their season while like a bunch of fans are in the, in the stadium. Then the tour tweets out this TikTok of the Chainsmokers concert and – I mean, it was just. And then they said, "Whatever happens, happens." It was. It was unbelievable, and uh, this was all on the heels of Jay going on CNBC to announce like the the TV rights deal deal and the the backdrop is the the markets going down. Everything's just just crashing. The the interviewers were just like, just almost looked like disgusted to have to be talking about this, and they're just like asking him COVID question after COVID question, and I mean, it was just. 
It was, it was one of the great surreal shit. Own goals of our time it by was, the PGA Tours PR apparatus. It was it was a big time big time own goal, but also just a like just surreal like what the fuck is going on kind of a yeah. kind of a moment. It was just it was very weird. And every effort to try to get through that week when it was like so clear to everyone outside the organization that like this is not you are not getting through this on Sunday. Like you are not. The he, NBA just canceled their season, you know, you're going so then they come out and say we're playing starting tomorrow with no fans it's like oh, no you're not midway man. through the day they're just like hey we're not gonna like they said no fans tomorrow but as, come, as more people are coming through the gates it was it was crazy yeah it was also the same day nonsensical st john's county had their first covid like positive test it was just all it was it was all kinds of things just hitting the the nexus at once and so at the center of that and and this can't be overstated just how funny it is that it was a concert, that it was a chain smokers concert, that it just like it was out on the, the 17th green. <laughs> the smoke, the like the beat dropping where everybody's jumping up and down. I mean, it was truly surreal stuff. The fact that that was one, I mean, promoted, of course, the, the social media aspect of it is completely ridiculous. But two, like, you know, the it wasn't like hey we got to do whatever we can to get through this golf tournament this week it was this if this part of the week was not cancelable <laughs> this was like no this is not on the table that we're not going to have the chain smokers play and on not the only did they hole. not cancel that they didn't cancel their scheduled social either oh, yeah I, I was gonna say i assume the the tweet had to be a scheduled tweet i would i would assume but it was uh oh it was it was good stuff <laughs> and, good and, stuff. and it would have looked a lot different because in years past like it's been a country act yeah. And they 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 amped it up this year. Yep. And so the fact that it was the chain smokers versus like Jason Aldean or something like that just just made it that much richer. Oh, the chain smokers fucking suck so bad. That that was just such a God. What a perfect perfect. They, they got in trouble later for this summer for playing. Yeah, they were doing the just, same thing. Yeah, you just super concert. spreaders. I had one to add in there. What the whatever happens happens was of course up there, and then. Uh, Kepka putting Bryson in a body bag after Bryson called out his abs. Yeah. That sentence just like is absurd. Bryson calling out Kepka's abs on a Twitch, and then uh, Kepka tweeting out like the the picture of his four major championship trophies. Says, You're <laughs> right. I'm too short of a six pack, which is like a layup tweet, but it was also pretty sick. Speaking of Bryson, just I can't imagine anybody would have ever forgotten about this, but. Just the whole quarantine video, the whole fifteen-minute quarantine oh, yeah. video. I mean, that that deserves to be referenced at at any any available opportunity. We will get there. Okay. Did yeah. You no, mine. I mean, mine was. I'm giving you guys one back. It was a. It was a That's dual. Right. It was a dual one. Biggest disappointment slash forgotten man. Who is the forgotten man? Who is Mike Davis? The USGA, Ooh. the Distance Insights report being a just total kick the can down the road, abdicating what? any responsibility whatsoever. I feel like they actually took responsibility and for the said, first "Yeah, time. we're going to keep studying it for the next two years." Well, that's because of COVID. The yeah, COVID they was moved like, it back a year. No, yeah. but I, I get the sense that it was going to be like, "Oh, like we're going to be toothless and you know, kind of chicken shits about it anyway." So, and then Mike Davis bouncing. That's going to be a good thing, though. Maybe, hopefully. Fresh blood. Maybe. I actually thought this was the first year they showed a little bit of spine with the equipment stuff. With that, with coming out with that and like the, the Ridley stuff, it's like something, something's gonna happen. I think so. Just not, maybe not as soon as we'd like. My forgotten man. Hate to do this. He's not here tonight, to, you know, to have done this. But uh, Rory, Big Dick Rick. Yeah. Oh, Big Dick Rick. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's it's chronicled now. He's outside the top fifty in the world. It's been a 
very tough year. There was a very interesting, scathing, scathing read uh, from Eamon Lynch uh, on Golf Week, just calling into question the process of Team Rick of uh, you know how he's spending 32, 33 days a year doing sponsor obligations and how Ricky has commented in the past, how it affects your preparation. And now that his golf has fallen off, it's, I think, very fair to call a lot of that strategy into question. And for a long time, I thought Rick kind of got uh, kind of the female treatment of People love to cite how many wins he has, but don't appreciate how how really, really good he is at golf. I wouldn't say great, but like his results dictate that he probably should have won more tournaments. Um, but now that golf has fallen off to the point where he's not nipping around the top fives, top tens of tournaments anymore. And it's a different different era. Hopefully it's a short one, but uh, he was a quite a disappointment this year. That's what, you know, of course I had Spieth as, as you know, Biggest disappointment, you know, wasn't the year that he turned it around, maybe next year. Uh, but beyond that, I had Rick as well. And I think the only thing I'd add is what makes him the true forgotten man is I feel like people have kind of just stopped, like, caring. You mm-hmm. know, it's like when Rory doesn't play well, everybody's like, what the hell? What's going on? Let's talk about this. When, you know, Brooks doesn't play well, when Bryson doesn't play well, it, it's a thing. And Ricky just hasn't played well for a year. And I know he's going through swing changes with – John Tillery and all that stuff, but I mean, it's it's uh, yeah, people just seem to have lost interest, which is wild since he's by any measure like one of the biggest stars in golf. So I thought it was an interesting like where to lay the blame in uh, Eamon's column because yeah, like, you can blame his management team, you know, hashtag Team Wasp all you want, but like at the end of the day, it's Ricky telling yeah. him you know what he wants and what his priorities are, and clearly his priorities. Like I think, I mean, it seems like at Augusta, for instance, like he's doing. Yeah. He's doing corporate shit that week with Mercedes and with, and it's like, yo, like nobody else is doing anything that week, man. Like that takes fuel out of the tank, regardless of if you want to admit it or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's not. The blame is, I think, shared there, right? He should be able to, if, if he, if it's something is affecting his way to ability to prepare for tournaments, then he should be able to speak up and say, I don't want to do this. So, which like, I, th- I think it's possible to both like Ricky, like I'd like and respect Ricky and be highly critical of him at this, like on this subject. But yeah, I mean, like it's, he's got more, he's got what, like 10 or 12, like major, major sponsors and he has six wins and his 10 or 11 year, 12 year career. Like that's not good. That's not good. <laughs> the only, the only thing I would say to, to maybe balance the scale a little bit is like, nobody really was saying this when he was playing really well, you know, he's probably doing the same amount of sponsor obligation stuff. I know granted he doesn't have as much time to kind of like, dig it out of the dirt or, or whatever, but it, it also, but you can I also can't tell if it's, that when he was playing really, really well, he should have been winning more. And, and that was, yeah, that I was suppose. the whole yeah, issue, yeah. right? I suppose. And honestly, like as a, uh, marriage expert of a month and a half, <laughs> like getting married, if, getting married, a lot of sponsor obligation and tournament prep, those three, th- like it used to just be, you know, sponsor or tournament prep and, and sponsor stuff. And now you add in like, like a family into your life, like that, is another tug of your time. And now now it calls into question, like, do you have all the time to be able to properly, you know, work on whatever you're working on? I'm not saying his work ethic is not good, but, like, there's just probably a lot going on there. And this, like, I don't know if that new variable, you know, really threw that much of a wrench in things. But and you've got the tour, the like, spoon-feeding him deals, like partnerships, like the Grant Thornton deal, you know? Like, that's a that's wrapped in with the players' sponsorship and everything like that. Like, I'd be pissed if I was one of the other tour players. Like, why is Ricky getting this and... And like JT's not, or, you know, like it just like, it just seems like preferential treatment for a guy that maybe hasn't earned it on the course. Mm. And not to take an unsolicited shot, but I know we're going to talk about F1 later and 
every time I think about F1, I think about like the access you get to these guys through the Netflix series and all that stuff. And like, how much more interesting would, would Ricky be if we got to see a little bit of what was going on over the past year? You know what I mean? If like, I mean, I don't blame him and I wouldn't allow any more access than I had to if I was him, but man, it'd be great to see like, what's this struggle look like? What's it like? Like, what are you working on with a new coach? What's going on? And maybe that's just, some of that is just a lack of wouldn't independent that, but, media and that stuff. But it's like, I would, I would love to have humanized this, this category yeah. a little bit more. On the you know flip what I mean? side though, that's energy. No, totally. Too, you're, right? you're, you're exactly yeah. right. But yep. that's, I think, you know, whether, when it's F1 or something like that, I guess it's dictated by the league. So you kind of have yeah. to do it, but it's, uh, yeah, I, I'm in no way suggesting he should yeah. he should open up you know his door <laughs> to some camera crew for no reason. But like I'm just saying, as a fan, man, it'd be great if we had that not just from Ricky, but from you know every player. The fact that the tour hasn't done anything in the 24 seven hard knocks drive to survive vein is is like like what are you guys doing? You're you're just you've been asleep at the wheel for a decade. <laughs> It's funny, but after watching the Formula One race today, uh, they give you like, you know, when something crazy happens, you know, 15 seconds later, they've got the audio of the racer and the team talking to each other. And it's so engaging. And at one point during the round today, I was kind of half in, half out watching it. And like I got, I thought I heard the little, you know, sound that it makes <laughs> when they're going to do that audio. And I, I turned my head. I'm like, oh, they got on course audio. And then I remember like, no, they don't have <laughs> any on course audio out there. Like, why would they? Why would I get my hopes up for that? What, what's your guys' heartstring moment of the year? I think this is your category, DJ. What are you pulling for here? I had uh, Women's British Open. Sophia Popoff. Mm. Uh, that was on my short list. That, that was, was great. I mean, that that was as, as high drama, I think, as as we saw in golf this year, just have, watching her come in, you know, know learning the backstory. I'm, I will not pretend to know that I, I knew much of, you know, won't pretend to say that I, I knew much of her backstory coming in, but uh, knowing that she missed out LPJ status by a stroke, basically had to grind it out on the cactus tour, got into the event, one of the events in Toledo and just kind of like slowly built her way into this event. And, uh, I think showed up ranked like 304 or 306 or something in the world and then goes on to win a major. I mean, that was just, it was awesome seeing her battle, all, just everything, all that context, seeing her just hold on on that back nine was fucking awesome. And then hearing her on the podcast was, was great too. It was a great interview. So thank you. Uh, I'm gonna go in a different direction. Although I, I had Chris Kirk on my short list winning That's a great King and Bear Classic. After all, he's been through Kokrak winning after going all in was cool. <laughs> <laughs> but but one there was one story and it was at the very very beginning of the year. A lot of people probably forgot about this. I hope it's the same what I have. It was Tommy Ganey winning in the Bahamas <laughs> shortly after getting pinched in Operation Santa's naughty list in Polk County, Florida, for solicitation of a prostitute. Just trying to get a BJ, man. Damn, that kind of neutralizes mine a lot. <laughs> I mean, what a what an underdog story, and they and, and they didn't they didn't even acknowledge it on the no. telecast, and it was like this this million pound yeah. elephant in the room. Operation Santa's naughty list. That, that sheriff is that a bad guy. Is something I forgot about. Favorite incident that I forgot about. Oh my god, um, that's a great pull. Mine was so to kind speak. of kind of going for the. For the funny angle, and that just like totally just dunked on mine. But Patrick Reed overcoming adversity, of course, to win the WGC Mexico after all he went through, uh, you know, in Australia and the Bahamas, that was just unfair, you know, avalanche that was slung on him. Um, 
Just Daddy kidding. with no choice but to punch a fan. <laughs> All the whole occasions over the years. Talked on the right, oh, you know, front just, right side of the game. It was just amazing to see that. I also had a more serious one. Jim Herman winning Wyndham yeah, was, that was cool. like unbelievable and uh, really fun to watch. So, all right, next up, we got four more here. Person of the year. Kind of like time per, Times Person of the Year, I believe, DJ said. Most newsworthy, et cetera. This is, this is the easiest uh, one ever. I mean, like Hitler was Person of the Year one year. Uh, of course. Right? Of course. So it doesn't have to be a positive no, person. Yeah, no, no, no. You know, it can be a very, very negative person. So I, I had two. I had Omar Uresti and Bryson. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to hear the case for each. Uh, you know, Omar, he's on a two-week two winning streak right now on the, <laughs> on the Club Pro circuit. Uh, God, you're, in you're Texas. a bad guy. He won the Club Pro championship this year, got into the... <laughs> PGA Championship, just a just taking money out of actual club pros, uh, you know mouths, and then and then yeah, and then Bryson, uh, you know Bryson they eat just money on the oh. club pro circuit. Some of them are far forced there. And then you know Bryson just doing everything yeah. that Bryson did. I, I was gonna say it's either COVID or it's Bryson. You know yeah. I don't I don't know if you, you take your pick, but I mean Bryson was the story of the year in golf. He saved golf content for this current year. He made Tiger seem like an afterthought. It was the most interesting thing going on every week. I mean, Tiger was an afterthought. He was, but I'm saying like, you didn't even care that Tiger was teeing it up. It's like, is Bryson in the field this week? Um, Feel free to add to this list of things I have um, in case I've forgotten any, which I'm sure I did. I almost was going to look up your list. I'm glad you brought it. I added, I I I kind of accumulated, but gained a million pounds, uh, (laughs) became the longest hitter in the game. He fought some ants. He made a 10. He asked for the manager of the PGA Tour. Uh, he called out Kepka's abs. He cooked bacon shirtless. He made artsy B-roll videos, said he wants to live to 130, <laughs> yelled at a camera for videoing him, yelled at another cameraman for taking pictures of him, had his caddy block a cameraman uh, at Muirfield Village, berated a rules official, won the U.S. Open, teased us with a 48-inch driver at Augusta. And then complained about not feeling well at Augusta after downing eight to ten protein shakes a day. Which we haven't. I haven't seen King. Days. I haven't, you know, researched much, but I haven't seen much follow up on the whole Bryson not feeling well, getting a bunch of blood work done. But that's neither here nor there. Really, uh, Hippahoma. Oh my God. <laughs> that's that's true. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's it's Bryson. No, no doubt. That's a that's a very thorough thorough list. Who is the your sleeping giant? So I had two. I had a question. Is it too lame to pick Rom? Because I mean, I think he. Oh. I. He seems like the guy to me, and yep. and if it's not Rom, I think it's Bryson, right? I mean, I think like this question, literal giant. <laughs> this question to me is basically who is, you know, who has just year of the takeover game, right? And I I think it's kind of down to those two, and you know, of course, Rory and Brooks and JT and Dustin and all those guys too. But I I just if I had to put my money on two guys, it'd be one of those two guys. So if I had to put it on one of those two. I guess it would be Rom at this point. Interesting. TC? I thought about Here going, we go. going back to <laughs> well, so going back to Bryson, I just wanted to add like biggest disappointment was actually Bryson not like playing better at Augusta. Because yeah. I think it would have forced their hand a little bit more and brought some of the distance stuff a little bit more to the forefront. Give but, it till April. It can still happen yeah, in that's April. That's true. You know, in Sleeping Giant, you know, obviously you look at Will's Alatoris, Davis Riley, Scotty Scheffler, you know, JT, I think he's I've said like I think he wins multiple majors next year. I think the true sleeping giant is uh, is a guy that that won a major this year that won the uh, the FedEx Cup as well. That's Dustin Johnson. I think he is. I think he's just scratching the surface of what he's capable of doing. 
I had to like think about who won the FedEx right, Cup for a second. I'm surprised that's what you went with. Yeah, not the. Masters. I like where you're going. No, but like with the it. guy, you know, like I just think the sky's the limit. Like he could he could pull off one of those years, like a Tiger like year, or like a VJ like year when VJ won what like seven or eight times that one year. Yep. I went with Scotty Scheffler. You know, one just to appease Man TC, after my own heart. <laughs> just to appease TC. But if it was, can, especially with the metal spikes now, exactly, it could be a game changer. Well, to, you know, in researching for his podcast uh, visit, which if you haven't listened, go back and listen to that. It kind of just made it hit home, I guess. And I kind of, I didn't know how to ask about this, but it was, I guess, I kind of lost track of him because he was felt like he was an amateur for so long. I'd heard the name, and I was kind of like, oh, he must have kind of fallen off. But in reality, he was just, you know, playing good great amateur golf for a long period of time and taking his time becoming a pro and he's dom he's done so well at so many levels that i'm like oh my god like yeah this is like no wonder he's play, playing this guy i no Did don't you your listen to anything that i've said over the last <laughs> year I, and a half I'm or saying two like, years like he said right now the 30th ranked player in the world and i don't think he's anywhere close to that like he's like you've said in the top 10 players in the world yeah and i really do think it's it even though i've been closely following and having to root against him I don't think I even fully appreciated just how good he was up until. And even like his story, I mean, coming out, like he didn't have full status. He had barely any status on Corn Ferry and then played his way into, you know, full tour status from not having any status. It was, it was crazy. But yeah, his fall was really, really, really good. Um, you know, COVID kind of, he, he didn't, you know, really come out swinging great after that, but fourth at the PGA, fourth at the Northern Trust, second in the uh, 72 hole scores at the Tour Championship. Uh, and then rolling over to the new year where he had some success um, in the beginning of the year last year. I think it's going to be interesting. So that's really, that's really very that, big of me. That's really big of you to it apologize. It really was big Thank of you. me. I didn't apologize, but um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, what, what's next? Burning questions. Burning question. Uh, what's your burning question heading into 2021? I think for me, it has to be, you know, again, it's not super inventive, but what's up with Rory at the, Damn major, at the majors? Yeah, you know, my head a very simple one is the is the McRib back? Yeah, it's, it's back at all the McDonald's locations domestically, but <laughs> is it really back? And and for how long? Yeah, you know, and I think that's uh, that's kind of the only question left in in golf right now. I feel like right, it's like yep. yeah, Dustin. Listen, Dustin's a great player. Brooks is a great player. Rom's great. Yeah, Rom. When's he going to get his first one? I guess is is kind of a uh, a burning question, but like that's going to happen eventually. I think the only thing left is that's truly, I mean, it's been, what, six years now for Rory? What the fuck, man? What's going on? Yeah, so he, uh, he had that Q&A in golf, golf week with uh, Eamon as well. Another shout out there. Eamon, uh, I didn't realize this is the first major going back to a venue that he's won prior. Yeah. And uh, Eamon kind of puts it forth as kind of a milestone in your career is, is hey, it's like a, you know, it's, it, it's a matter of, you know, kind of entering a different phase of your career where you're kind of getting back on that second rotation of all these these courses and everything. And I think that'll be an interesting case study as you see that you got congressional in the coming years. Where else did Rory win? The Valhalla. Valhalla. Hoylake. Hoylake. Yeah. Which I think, I don't know about Hoylake, but I know Valhalla's, I think planned for a PGA in the coming years. Who Is could it? say? Who could say? I know we know they're going to Bedminster before they go back to Valhalla, but <laughs> yeah, I had, awesome. will the rib <clears throat> assert himself was my question. Yeah. So it's interesting that we all turn our heads, uh, heads to that, but, but Another huge question going into 21. 2024 uh, PGA. Uh Another huge question, despite us talking about him every single week, is like, what is going to happen with Bryson? This was the first year of the experiment, kind of learning the ropes of it. Does he win six times next year? 
Like, does he win two majors? Does he quit and play minor league baseball? <laughs> Good. He could play football. He looks like a linebacker. That's out exactly there. right. Uh, does he win like a major by ten shots? I mean, I, I know you know a lot of people think you jump to conclusions on this stuff, but like Wingfoot was jarring and didn't look like it. It was the 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 limit. The sky sky truly is the limit. The roof is the ceiling. <laughs> All right. What's a bigger question? Does Brooks kind of come back and reassert himself, or does Spieth? Show signs of life. Or I guess, what do you think is more likely? Brooks. Yeah, I would yeah. say Brooks. But I, I hate that I have to say Brooks, but I would say Brooks. Yeah, I mean, I'm along for the joyride that is Spieth, but the it's very much of looking at it's. I'm not trusting the process right now. And at some point, we're going to get caught with narcotics, with, with, <laughs> with the whole Spieth thing, and get, get thrown into federal prison, you know? What is the event you want to attend next year award? Are we assuming no COVID at all? Like you would just, you just, that was what I struggled with because the first half of the year is probably going to be, I I don't know. What's an event you want to get to in the next two years? I mean, of course, goes without saying with the Ryder Cup, but I I put Solheim Cup as my, that was one of mine. It's top of my list. I think that would be, it's going to be a great venue. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Inverness. Turnt. Bienvenidos on a WGC Mexico <laughs> championship. No, I just did. I, I was that was in the COVID, COVID, uh, yeah. COVID these COVID times. Yeah. Maybe maybe a twenty twenty two. Yeah, uh, and then uh, I had this the Walker Cup at Seminole mm. next year. I think that'll, that'll be, be decent. Be, be <laughs> cool. And the twenty twenty two Wichita Open. I've always wanted to go to that. Uh, Corn Ferry event. It's supposed to be like the original. It's like the That's minor like the league first, version. Like, dollar beers thing. It's and all like that the minor stuff. league yeah. version of um, of like seventeen. Or at, at, of 16 at uh, Phoenix. Yeah. Wasn't that where they booed Tom Gillis that one year? So. <laughs> and then the U.S. Mid-Am at, on Nantucket this year is going to be just be great all, all sorts of lit. Hopefully we can all go. Yeah. That would be, yeah. that'd be, a, that'd be a thrill. I meant to give a shout out to uh, Joel Damon. Did you guys see he was putting like uh, like Happy Gilmore? Like yeah. actual putting, like separated hands putting? No, I did not see Very that. Very interesting. A couple birdies it was kind of jarring. Week. Yeah. So I thought that's a good or bad sign, but that's Tough-looking shirt on. Day. Listen, that's gonna happen. It's yeah. a party boy shirt. It, it was. It was just. Listen, we give Joel a lot of a lot of credit, a lot of run on this show. I just we need to we need to call it both ways. It's a tough looking shirt. Who do you guys have for the U.S. Women's Open? I'm gonna concede my time because it won't do me any good. It won't do anybody any good to hear my prediction because I I haven't researched it. I'm way out on a limb. Number one player in the world, Jin Young. <laughs> I'll yeah, co-sign yeah. that. She's <laughs> trending. Yes. She's, yeah. I want to do so, Yun Yu. I want to. I want to. She'd be my heart pick, and she just is coming off a runner-up finish. But uh, yeah, if I had to pick, it'd be Jin Young Ko. I don't know anything about the course either, so I'm excited to hearing that. some dispatches from our, our yeah. correspondents this week. So you, I, you and Randy passed my vid test this week. And ready to go? Get another vid test on Tuesday. You ready to talk some Formula One? I am. God, I've been ready that, all day. That concludes the golf talk. Do you want to give a shout out to uh, to Rose Zhang? I believe you did. Oh, I do. Said. Yeah. So had beers with a friend of ours who's who's big AJGA guy and he was just saying like hey he was like like seriously like look me in the eye like seriously <laughs> Rose Zhang is like she's a killer she's back to back AJGA girls player of the year uh, she's the number one women's amateur in the world right now she's the reigning US women's amateur champion she's headed to Stanford she's only a junior in high school so she's still got another year to go uh, he said she he, she's like the, the most can't miss talent he's seen in a long time so i'm excited to see that from irvine california yeah three straight wins in the ajga she only played like four ajga events all year right she was playing 
you know, top-notch, world-class amateur events. Um, all right, are we ready to talk some Formula One? Been ready all day. <laughs> First of all, you guys ready to we apologize? Had to I had to fake our way through the golf talk so we could talk <laughs> for more Formula One. Uh, what a day. Uh, Tron, please, the floor is yours. You, you've truly earned this moment. Yeah. Racing I mean, Point. Yeah, you guys have been shitting on Racing Point all year. For <laughs> cheating. Like, not that they're not good. <laughs> No, they're really good. You just of don't course, believe it. They're that's cheating. On, that's on their own accord. Cheating ass racing point. You guys, you guys Carp. are very, very, very critical of of Checo, Sergio Perez. Not true. All year, the pink the pink Panthers were fast today, baby. They were. They were. Fa- if you're going to lob all these allegations, maybe it's easier if we start where sure where we're coming with from with your apology, which is. First of all, what I've been saying constantly, you brought up the WhatsApp thread. If you'd like me to read any of this verbatim, I'd be happy to. Checo, an absolute just homicidal murderer today. It was unbelievable. I, I've tipped my cap. I recognize it. I, I Nothing but credit. Lance, just a completely flaccid T3, and and I will not be recognizing that. Tell anything to add on that? I mean, it's just a total crowning. Like it was, exactly. It had so, it's just amazing the more I watch Formula One, how much like, one, how much has to go wrong for Mercedes to, for them to not win? They almost overcame like three <laughs> disasters today and still would have won if Russell doesn't get that puncture coming yeah. down. And so like, like There's it's many people saying they'd like to see the tire to, for proof. Maybe they just yeah. pulled him off the track. Who knows? Really? Well, I don't know. <laughs> Conspiracy. But like that, the shit that happened with it, they had a, uh, you know, they messed up a pit change. They accidentally put some of Botas's tires <laughs> On George Russell's car, never been more disappointed in Toto before. They had to call George back into the pit, and was, he was still going to win. That's what was nuts. Uh, and then he gets the puncture. Like it was, it was just that was, brutal. That was the most exciting. Like that first twenty seconds. That was the most exciting twenty seconds of my entire life. <laughs> <It was laughs> when he passed incredible. Botas, that was unbelievable. Alpha him, and Verstappen would have won by. A good margin. Today, oh, I, I mean, the race was a total shit show. I mean, like, credit to Perez for battling all the way back from literally last place. But, like, that speaks to, like, how nuts it was. It was a like, cool track. Like, that was a cool So it was cool the track. outer ring of yeah, what they of did last, last week? Yeah. yeah. They should use that more often. Yeah, it was yeah. sweet. Lots of good good variety. I don't know what I'm talking about uh, yeah, with this stuff, what? but good variety. Lots of good, good races. Like, good time to wheel overtake, to wheel. but also well, a lot yeah. of... I have a mea culpa because everybody was saying, you know, oh, it's like a NASCAR track or it's, you know, and it's a Foz design track, Ermin Tilke or whatever his name is. But... Yeah, that was the, probably the best track designed by him I've seen in the recent schedule. And then we've got we've got Abu Dhabi next week. I love the night races too. Yeah, yeah. And it was they, a cool they, look it on this one because it, yeah. it was like a sandstorm going on. And, you got the fireworks going off, yeah. like that, that. Yeah, that's great. Well, the issue I had, I guess, with with uh, Checo this week is like, yeah, it, it was Leclerc's fault for like trying to pass up there, but I don't think. Perez was without blame. Like it looked like a, a he had to assume like he was trying to rip across face. Right. He had to assume that there was going to be someone there to go that hard to the right. And for him to come out of that unscathed and Max to get in the wall, he'd be out of the race, did not seem fair. I mean, Max backed up the bus over Leclerc, he, which was at sweet. the very end, too, though. Yeah. He took the blame, as he should. <laughs> as he should. <laughs> Wait, what's the Jalen Ramsey thing? I, yeah. I told you. What yeah, he's he a bitch. yeah, I told him he's trash. He's trash. He is. He is. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, you know, Ocon. I don't recognize. Not an Ocon fan. So that's what you, you can't. You can't. You know, flout, tout Sergio's win and then just completely ignore Ocon's T, uh, P two. Well, I mean, I I can ignore Ocon's P two just as I can ignore Stroll's. Just as you guys can can ignore Stroll's P three. 
That's sure. what we're saying. It's like it's kind of a it was a like a so shit you show watched race. those two, but Checo's Checo's win was, was it was great was a win, especially Absolutely. after what happened last oh, week. Of course, that no, was great. It was it was great stuff. And he got Albon, rubbed the green last week, and he got Albon proved to be a complete disgrace. That's uh, that's the knew. big takeaway. Yeah. Like Albon needs to not have a seat anywhere next year. And like, I mean, Botas got just completely embarrassed, right? Yeah, I mean, they were saying before he took off, before they took off, they're like, "What's you know, what's oh, Botas, you know, is he's he's securing his seat, but what's you know, what does he got to do today?" And they're like, "No, like he has to win, man. He's starting on the pole in the same car as this kid, and he just got his fucking doors blown off right from the first <laughs> yeah. five seconds. It was unreal. The fact that they had to like, I know, know he had bad luck with the tires down the stretch and shouldn't have fallen all the way to whatever he was eighth, but like that was the damage was done in the first fifteen seconds of the race, twenty seconds of the race." To the fact that he's had to like give all these commands to Russell, like steering wheel commands that you would never have to give someone. At least that's what I would assume because like he's yeah. learning the car like in a week. And the fact that he was no, in, ready in to win it two yeah. days, yeah, <laughs> that he was ready to win this race and a damn puncture got him. On all the right, end. so going back, like, are you guys? Why are you guys so critical of Stroll? I know Stroll's not a likable guy. Uh, why are you so critical of him versus like I think Daniel Ricardo shit the bed today. I think McLaren Ricardo's has shit cool. the bed Ricardo's nonstop cool, for the last couple of weeks. I, I love Ricardo. Yeah, he's cool. Stroll's a fluffer. Like I don't know what Pierre, to tell you. Pierre had a mediocre day. We're totally. not anti-Stroll. We're not anti-racing point. We're anti-TC. <laughs> this is not that difficult. <laughs> no, I'm definitely anti-Stroll. I mean, I know it's a very one-dimensional hate, and I'm I'm not taking the time to learn the full picture, but it's... It's very much just my dad's the coach, and uh, so I'm the starting pitcher. And he's, it's like, he's fuck true, that he's guy. True love. Yeah, exactly. That's but like, Stroll is like a, obviously a very good racer. Of course, like, of no course. And that's yeah. what I'm saying. I'm like, well, I'm not. Listen, I'm not. I'm just not taking the time to learn both sides here. I just he's he's fun to root against. So I root against him, and then I go on with my week. And then this this Mazepin guy, the, the oh. Russian, he sounds like a complete menace. Coming so is he in. he's taking Perez's spot? No, uh, he no, he's going to Haas, I think. Oh right, right, okay. And and Haas is getting all sorts of Russian money because he's got a, I think his dad's like a billionaire yeah. as well, and he's he's like punched people in pit row. He's a lunatic. It sounds awesome. You <laughs> might punch uh, Gunter. <laughs> ready to keep his head on a swivel. <laughs> if Gunter starts acting like a wanker, exactly. he's gonna get punched. Perez moved up into fourth in the standings, and he does not have a seat for next year, which is that's very wild, wild, man. It's gonna be interesting to see what happens with Red Bull. My podcast guys I listen to were like very adamant, like it's Albon's seat still. Like I know that there's like all this momentum going for. I Sergio. just don't know. I don't how know if today Horner, changes anything. I don't know how Horner in good conscience does that. He got exposed for the third or fourth, you know, race out of the last six. Yeah, he is eighth in the standings behind Carlos Sainz and Charles Claw. So uh, and then George, I mean, what does George? So does George just go back to Williams? Like, like let's say, let's say um, Hamilton. It's crazy how good Hamilton is too. Just in in the midst of all this, yeah, like, for sure. But, yeah, also kind of a bad look today for like Russell was going to win the race in Hamilton's car, and Russell doesn't have a point yet. Just speaks to like how freaking oh how Mercedes yeah for is. sure. But also like like it's just going to be jarring for like it's like workplace violence to send George back into the Williams after what he's experienced this week. I know that's, that would be a tough, I was saying he's got to like go get back in the Williams minivan next week. It's going to go back to playing persimmon next week. It's going to be like, yeah, it's like Pleasantville. Once everything turns to color and you got to go back into black and white. Hmm. It was an exciting, exciting, exciting race. If you want to, what is, what is a virtual yellow? Virtual safety car is like, you're basically, you can't, you can't overtake, but they're just not sending the safety car actually out there. 
it took so long for them to get the front wing that front wing off the track because there were no the track was so short there weren't any gaps in cars coming by and you had, couldn't get a marshal out there okay. to actually get out there and pull it off the track because gotcha. like, like like at one point the Mercedes they were gonna they were gonna lap everybody and, and then, then they were gonna lap like eight or nine cars twice. <laughs> Yeah, that's Great. how that's how much faster they were on this track. It also speaks to like a very like amateur take here, like maybe how bad Lewis Hamilton is for the sport in terms of giving just putting George Russell in his car. Like I was rooting for Mercedes for once, and like I, I, every other week, it's like no, we don't need another Hamilton win. Like we've seen this a million times. We want to see something different. How much more exciting was today, knowing that there was going to be somewhat of a surprise winner, no matter what? Which happened. it's not, you know. Easy to say, I know, but without the drama and the weird things that happened, like it wouldn't have been very interesting. Like George would have won by a lot. I think but that would have been interesting. It, it would have been, yeah. but I mean, he was up by what eight seconds, nine yeah, seconds. Yeah. Like he was just going to continue yeah. stretching. And COVID, COVID kind of made made Formula One in- more interesting all year. We got new tracks, we got you know new drivers. There's some little wrinkles all year. I also think, you know, just going back to, I'm so pumped for like the full schedule of like, you know, Melbourne. Uh, mm-hmm. Singapore, all those. Montreal. You know, I've never watched Brazil. Monaco. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, all Good right. Stuff. I think that's going to bring us to a wrap uh, for this week. Thanks to everyone for tuning in for an hour and 20 minutes in the off season. That's how you know you love golf and maybe love Formula One. So keep your eye on Toto. Okay. I'm, I'm, TC's got I'm, some intel. I'm hearing some things, people. <laughs> I'm hearing he might be he might be headed Lance Stroll's way. Really? Or Lawrence Stroll's way. And Lance Stroll. Long, Long ball, Larry. That's which I don't know what that does. Kind of dropping a bomb on us. That's (laughs) yeah, that's wild. We shall see. Thanks for tuning in. Cheers. Be the right club. Be the right club today. Johnny, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. Expect